it was said that a nation divided cannot stand. Yet over the last several years, it is all over the news that there is more and more division. At the end of the day, we are all Americans, and we must come out of our echo chambers and learn or even relearn how to interact with people we disagree with in measured civil discourse, not aggressive rhetoric. In order to continue this great experiment, the group Braver Angels has stepped in not just to moderate, but facilitate conversations across this divide and help us find the better angels of our nature. Today we are joined by Bill Doherty, co-founder of Braver Angels, to talk about how we got this way and where we can go. The Municipal Voice is the Connecticut Conference of Municipalities podcast in collaboration with WNIH LP 103.5 FM. I'm your host, Matt Ford. As always, be sure to give us a like and let us know what you're thinking in the comments. CCM's Municipal Voice podcast continues to present a key forum on important state-local issues. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the consensus views of CCM or member municipal leaders. Bill, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be with you. So first things first, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Braver Angels? Yeah, well, so myself, I'm, um, I live in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, I am a professor of family therapy at the University of Minnesota. And um, uh, about six and a half years ago, co-founded Braver Angels, which is a national nonprofit that's dedicated to try to depolarize this country and kind of uh, uh, heal the divide that is uh, has become so toxic among mm -hmm. Americans. And why did you feel the need to create an organization like Braver Angels? Well, there wasn't some big uh, strategic plan. Um, uh, right after the 2016 election, mm -hmm. um, two colleagues of mine, David Blankenhorn from New York City and David Lapp, who lives in South Southwest Ohio, were on the phone talking about how people in their neighborhoods, their communities were feeling about the election. You can mm -hmm. imagine how differently they were feeling. Yep. Um, the world was ending versus uh, morning in America. Uh, and they decided on the spur of the moment, kind of impulsively, to get 10 Hillary Clinton voters and 10 Donald Trump voters together for 13 hours over a weekend in, okay. in Southwest Ohio uh, okay. and uh, see what happened. And they asked me to lead it. <laughs> and so I said, oh, what the heck? Uh, and I and so it was a very powerful experience. And and honestly, I thought that would be the, the, the end. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we did this. We showed it could be done uh, once. Uh, but uh, that group didn't want to stop. Uh, we had a reunion. We just decided to keep going. So that's 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 how it happened. That's the genesis. So this might be a simple question, but obviously there's a complex answer. Why are we so divided? Oh boy. Well, let me just describe it first. Um, mm -hmm. um, the the division is called uh, affective polarization, and that is it isn't so much okay. about issues; it's about how we feel about each other. Okay. Uh, that people who differ from me politically are alien to me. I don't like them. I don't trust them. And mm -hmm. I think they're ethically compromised. And that has been going up increasingly in the United States for the last 35 years or so. So okay. that's, that's the, that's the what it's, it's um, and it's, it's from both Congress down to families mm -hmm. okay? and school boards and everything in between. Um, and the why is, you know, the why's are always hard, uh, but uh, there are lots of, seem to be lots of factors. There's a, uh, 
you know, globalization and the loss of confidence in many working folks that they have a future. You know, mm -hmm. a generation, each, uh, you know, generation of Americans thought their kids would do better than they did. And that that's really gone away. Um, mm -hmm. It's about uh, social media and um, uh, and the kind of toxicity that's out there that people can fight each other mm -hmm. on social media in a way they never would face to face. Multiple news sources. So people get their information based on their own particular biases. So we mm -hmm. don't have a common information base. Um, gerrymandering means that uh, most members of Congress, the threat to their survival in Congress mm -hmm. is not from the other party, it's from the extremes in their own party. Yep. Uh, and we could go on and on. Many, many factors, declining in social trust in this country, mm -hmm. we have less trust in social institutions. So we are more at risk to have politicians demagogue us. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, you know, this has been going on for 35 years now, but uh, in our intro, we actually referenced, and some of this was my cut on, uh, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. who in his first inaugural address referenced uh, our better angels. Yes. Uh, shortly after that, obviously, we, we got into the Civil War. So yes. is this something that just happens on a cycl cyclically? Is this something that, or is this something new that is happening now? Well, historians are saying we are more divided now than we uh, have been since the Civil War. So, you know, this we're seeing a real spiking again. Uh, and I don't know about the cycles. I think it's too easy mm -hmm. to point to those. Yeah, I think the Civil War was so much about slavery and uh, and now that's not slavery. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, but we are in an era of uh, where the the sense of the of the group, the sense of the we has broken down, not only here. And that's part of what we should look around the world. Look at Brexit, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, look at in Canada. There's a there's a there's a um, political party in the Western provinces that wants to break off from Canada. Good, mild mannered Canada. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Scandinavian countries. Uh, mm -hmm. So so there's this worldwide phenomenon that's going on that I I don't know if it's I, I, you know cycle doesn't seem like uh, yeah. an adequate way to explain it. So similar causes and factors across the world, or is this something that we're exporting? Oh, well, no, it's been going on in other places. I think um, uh, I, social media is all around the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you could say we exported that, but that, that is what political scientists call social media, calling it an accelerant mm -hmm. of, of conflict and, and polarization. Um, you can spread misinformation. You can spread conspiracy theories. You can denigrate uh, your your opponents, uh, lie about them, um, and it'll spread. Uh, you know, we call viral. Uh, yeah. It used to be in another generation. You actually had a you know runoff mimeograph uh, false falsehoods and, yeah. and put them in the mail. You know, or a telephone tree, right? And now you just have to uh, click click. So, yeah. so I think social media is an accelerant all around the world of forces of division. And are we really more divided or are we just hearing the kind of the, the outliers and the loudest voices through social media and the kind of that news cycle? Is, is that what gets the attention? It, it's we are more divided by all of the standardized measures that political scientists use. It isn't yeah. isn't just people are telling us. we. But the, the thing is, though, we're not we're not that divided on policy. There have mm -hmm. been times in our country, go back to the 1930s, we had a communist party and we had, you know, neo-fascists mm -hmm. who liked Hitler, you know, we, 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 we were, we, we had more uh, 
powerful policy divisions. Um, uh, now it's more of how we feel about each other, the way we, you know, in Braver Angels, we talk about the four horsemen mm -hmm. of polarization, stereotyping, dismissing, ridiculing, and contempt, not only for the politicians we don't like, but for the, the family members we don't like, for the yeah. friends, the ex-friends. Um, so so th there, is, there is something happening. Mm -hmm. Look at school boards. They used to be boring meetings, right? Uh, and yeah. look at what's happening there. So there is something happening. It isn't just uh, hype. So uh, one of the interesting things looking at your website uh, we want to get into is that you don't necessarily want to get people to back away from their views, yes. uh, but to learn how not only to express their views in a way that respects listeners, but also to learn how to listen to people you might not agree with. Yes. Um, this this does, doesn't seem like a radical revisionist way to approach politics. How did you get to this point and why does it matter? Well, we're really clear. <clears throat> we we don't take sides about whether reds or blues are more correct. Mm -hmm. uh, that 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 disagreement and debate is part of democracy, and it's been there from the beginning. Just think about yeah. the the role of the federal government. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, that that was there with Hamilton and Jefferson. So it's a perennial debate. We're interested in not changing people's minds about issues. We're interested in them changing their minds about each other. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and one of the ways you do that is to is to enter conversations where you disagree with respect, without ridicule, mm -hmm. uh, where you actually try to understand the other person. Uh, you don't label them, um, and uh, so that's the way. And, and if you listen to them, if mm -hmm. you listen to where they're coming from, instead of just trying to uh, come up with something to refute them, you actually find out where you have some common ground. Yeah. Um, one reason we bring up the specific concept of Braver Angels is because you're doing a workshop with in conjunction with CCM called Managing Difficult Conversations with Constituents. Can you tell us about that workshop? Yes, it, it came out of uh, work we, we did here in Minnesota with county commissioners and, and city council members and, and mayors and um, where uh, they were, they are dealing with mm -hmm. a level of uh, of uh, vitriol, if you will, yeah. uh, a level of tension um, that uh, uh, from people who agree, people on their own political side yeah. who think they're not radical enough, let alone people on the other political side. And so um, this the level of frustration that they're experiencing. And so we designed this workshop that, that basically says we all have to upgrade our skills. Mm -hmm. in an era of low trust and high polarization. Yeah. And so it's a workshop uh, that teaches some principles uh, and some skills for disagreeing better in a polarized era. So one really great part in some of the materials that you shared for this workshop uh, beforehand, can you tell us a little bit about the expectations that folks need to abandon? Yeah, well, one of them you say is that the other person will use the same skills. Okay, <laughs> in other words, if if I decide, Matt, that I'm going to really try to listen to you mm -hmm. uh, and not just counter you, um, I should let go of the idea that you're going to do that back to me. Okay, I may have to do more of the heavy lifting here. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
so that's that's an example of one. And the other is that the, the skills that we teach at this point are skills for one-to-one and small group conversations. They're mm-hmm. not the skills for how do you hold a, you know, a big public meeting and keep it yeah. from being hijacked. So obviously this information is going to be available to CCM members. Um, but is there a way for the general public to find resources on this topic from Braver Angels? Sure. Well, braverangels.org um, is our website, and we have um, e-courses mm-hmm. uh, that are, uh, you know, e- e-versions of our standardized in-person or live workshops. Uh, they're really, uh, you know, quite valuable. We we have one on skills for bridging the divide that teaches mm-hmm. some basic skills. We have one that's that's pretty fun. That's on families and politics. Okay. And so you ask you to identify, you know, who's the family gladiator in your family. Okay. You know, and the and the defender of the righteous way, <clears throat> and and how do you communicate with them in a way where you're not trying to change them? So that's an example of we call the prime directive. Mm-hmm. Don't try to change your family member. Okay. okay. Um, because that's not going to work. People will go to the grave before they let a family member change them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So enter into conversations with family and others with these expectations that you're going to listen in a way that they feel heard okay. and you're going to speak in a way that they may be willing to hear you. That sounds like something that would be quite useful to people coming up on uh, Thanksgiving and the holidays here. There you go. There you go. There you go. So there's several types of disagreements. You can agree on a problem, but not the approach. You can disagree that there's problems or you can just yeah. be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Yeah. Um, And I can see how you can be constructive in the first case, but how would a person who took this course handle someone who absolutely disagrees or just disagrees just to be difficult? Well, if somebody is disagreeing to just be difficult, we have skills for Mm -hmm. difficult moments. Okay, if somebody is you feel is not engaging in a good faith conversation, then we have what we call exit skills. Mm -hmm. How do you exit the conversation? Okay. Because it's not a conversation. Um, and But doing it in a way that, where you do not um, act towards that person the way they're acting towards you. So if, if somebody is being nasty and obnoxious, calling you names, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, how do you exit from that conversation without calling them name and being obnoxious to them? So, for yeah. example... You can say, I think this conversation isn't useful anymore, so I'd like to move on. Okay. Yeah. Um, if somebody were to <clears throat> verbally, atta- <clears throat> verbally attack your integrity, yeah. we, uh, one of the things you can say is, you just, Matt, you just crossed the line. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Where, and I'm not going to defend my integrity, so we're done with the conversation. But you see what yeah. I'm doing? I'm not saying you're a liar. Yeah. You're this. <clears throat> so the principle of the most difficult moments is neither be a, uh, a a perpetrator nor a victim. Okay. That's a that's a good point. You know that you can defend yourself without having to attack someone else. Right. Right. This isn't working here. Okay. What you're saying isn't working for me anymore. Uh, and I want to end the conversation. And then the subtleties of, see, some of this comes out of my work as a marriage counselor. You know, okay. you can you can call a timeout on the conversation, but your spouse will say one more thing. They will always say one more thing. They're, they're always getting that last little. <laughs> exactly. They will get the last thing in. So let them say it, and then, mm-hmm. you're, then don't respond. 
if 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 you if they say, "Well, you're the one that's being obnoxious, not me," don't just just say we're you know we're done. Don't 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 get into it with them. It takes two to escalate. Yeah. So when you think about a a, a political conversation that escalates, it takes two to do that. You never have to escalate. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. We talk, you know, talk about marriage, but also public meetings and this kind of yeah. stuff. Now that we see on TV where people get into you know, verbal or even physical fights sometimes at, at, right. at these public meetings. Yeah. You are listening to the Municipal Voice on WNHH 103.5 FM. To circle back to the discussion from earlier, the idea that every once in a while our, our nation grows apart mm-hmm. means that every once in a while our nation comes together too. Uh, post-World yeah. War II, post-9-11 yeah. comes to mind. It seems yeah. that the divisions weren't quite so divisive. Um, do you have hope for the future? Do you think that you know a new era of unity is around the corner? Well, hope is a choice, mm-hmm. okay? not a feeling. And so, yes, I have hope. <clears throat> and sometimes, just like I'm a therapist, sometimes people don't start to change until things get really really bad. Yeah. And they're they're really bad. I, I once thought maybe a pandemic could bring yeah. us together, like an external, you know, the virus mm-hmm. could bring us together. Well, we learned about that. I, I, I then, then I thought, hopefully this isn't tested, if we discover they're extraterrestrials, yeah. you know, who are threatening that. No, no, I no longer think that. On day two, it would get caught up in the red-blue divide. You're being too soft or too hard on the ETs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for now, we're kind of mired, but because we're so stuck, mm-hmm. almost everybody believes we have to lower this rancor. Mm-hmm. The one thing Americans agree on is we're too divided. Okay. Okay. And so that's good. It's like, it's like uh, um, uh, you know, married couples saying our relationship is in trouble. We need help. So we're, we're getting closer to that. But what, what's countering that is what some people call conflict entrepreneurs. Okay. And this is through the proliferation of media, including social media. We have people who make their living off dividing us. And I think we have to start naming that and resisting that. It's, it's talking about the pundits that are on TV that are, are there just to take that one side and, and rile people up. It's their, how they make their living. Sounds like you are hopeful that we can come together just because the situation has gotten so out of hand. When we do come together with someone on that, perhaps that one common issue, how do you then translate that into agreeing on other things? Well, if you have an experience of agreeing on something. So, for example, in Braver Angels, the last 18 months, Mm -hmm. we've tackled the issue of trustworthy elections. The whole thing about was the election stolen. And the way we've done it is to have about 25, what we call common ground workshops, Mm -hmm. where we bring reds and blues together, people who whose concerns are different about the elections and whose beliefs, the facts are different. And we lead them through a series of exercises, the goal of which is to find common ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they they did. And so a group just got together, um, you know, recently to a leadership group, a half red, half blue, mm-hmm. to distill out 20 agreements okay. on policy. 
And that's going to be written up and shared with the country and hopefully, you know, create a conversation because it was put together by both sides. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that can give us hope if we could do it on elections, maybe we could Mm -hmm. do it on immigration and maybe we could do it, you know, on healthcare, but you have to start somewhere and build relationships of trust. And I facilitated that meeting um, on bringing together these reds and blues and they had worked together. They had built relationships of trust. They listened to each other. They made changes because they wanted to have a document that everybody could unanimously agree on. Yeah. And were these uh, reds and blues, were these people that knew each other before this? No, 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 these were not, uh, these were not buddies before they came together because they're worried about the country. And and of course, if we have no confidence in our electoral system, either because you think there's a lot of fraud or you think people are excluded, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the kind of red-blue divide. And what happens is, and the way the arguments go is the election was stolen. No, it wasn't. People don't have access. Yes, they do. Boom, 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 boom. And and so we we have a process whereby you listen carefully to other people. You talk and, and you hear them share what what their concerns are and where those concerns come from, like in their life story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so an African-American man in the group said that his grandfather was not allowed to vote. Yeah. Okay? Um, and then somebody else who in his family history, there was a strong belief that they lived in an area where, where there was fraud in the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, remember that old joke about in Chicago vote early and often. Yeah. Right. That's not fun. To, that's not funny to people who have a serious concern that yeah. it would take 55 percent of the vote in big cities for a Republican to win. And that, that's mm-hmm. that's a deeply held multi-generational belief. And liberals could say, well, silly and uh, nobody's yeah. found it. And okay. well, you have to you have to deal with the belief. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you have to design some agreements, some policy agreements that try to nail down the this concern about like ballot harvesting and mm-hmm. uh, you know and so okay it's it, it, it's uh, if for you it could it can lead to fraud even though you can't necessarily quantify that yeah and i say well where's the evidence that it has where are we okay and yeah. so you come up with how can we design an electoral system that will make you more confident that mm-hmm. nobody's tampering. And then on your end, what yeah. are you going to support that will eliminate some long lines and how people who are in nursing homes vote if they can't mm-hmm. go there? Um, uh, you know, so so the, the give and take is what we what we know how to do. Uh, you mentioned that you know some of these things are multi-generational. Um, is there in what you've studied differences between the generations are you know, some people more divided or is this kind of across the, the spectrum? Yeah, there's a lot of division right now across the spectrum. Uh, what I can tell you, younger people like high school students who aren't that mm-hmm. political yet, they're they're more open. And we've been doing more work with high school students. Yeah. They're more open. Uh, a, a lot of college students don't have a clear red or blue identity, you know, so they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're the younger people in that way are more open. But here's the scary thing in terms of social trust. Mm-hmm. The belief that 
people, most people can be relied upon to live up to their word and do the right thing. That mm -hmm. has gone down in every generation since the, the great generation. So the, yeah. the, the Gen Xers are less trusting than the boomers and the Gen Zers are less, the millennials are less. So the younger generation don't trust as much as the older generation. Don't trust the government. They don't trust the government and they don't trust other people in they general. They don't trust each other. Yeah, other people in general. The questions on the surveys going back to the 1960s is how much do you think most people can be trusted? Mm -hmm. Most people will do the right thing or live up to the word. There's been a steep decline. Plus, trust in government, in the media, in religious institutions, in the courts. You go down. I think only firefighters are left. Yeah. You know, people trust the fire department. But that's yeah. about it. It's really fascinating. Well, Bill Doherty, thanks for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be part of this conversation. And if someone at home wants to learn more about Braver Angels, where should they go? I just Google Braver Angels. By the way, you mentioned Better Angels, the Lincoln phrase. Our original name was Better Angels for yeah. the Lincoln phrase, the Better Angels of Our Nature. But somebody else owned the, the trademark and uh, they threatened to sue us. So we changed it to Braver Angels, which we kind of like, actually. So I wasn't off with the the Abraham Lincoln there. Just uh, it was parsed. We started with A, but in this age we live in now, it doesn't necessarily. You know, people fight about names, but braver. And so just Google braver angels. We have lots of service, lots of material online. Mm -hmm. Everything we offer is free. We don't charge for anything, okay. any workshop, any material, nothing. But people can join as a member for twelve dollars a year. Okay, and what what, what would joining do? It would allow you to, you know, contribute to participate in what we're mm -hmm. doing. Uh, we have member meetings. Uh, you're kind of on, you know, the inside scoop of what's what's coming down and what's happening. That's really great stuff. Well, again, Bill, thanks so much for speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. We'd like to thank our guest, Bill Doherty. The Municipal Voice is a co-production by CCM and WNHH 103.5 FM. Christopher Gilson is our producer, Harry Draws is on the boards, and I'm Matt Ford, your host. Be sure to check out our Facebook page and give us a like, and watch out for our CCM chat series on our YouTube page.